Welcome back to Phil at the Movies. This is episode number 67, and as you probably guessed, based on the introduction for today's show, this one is very near and dear to my heart. This is a special episode, because not only am I talking about, in my opinion, the greatest Batman movie ever made, The Dark Knight remains, now 15 years later, my favorite film of all time. This is a movie that I connected with the first time that I saw it and each successive time that I've rewatched it. And I'm not ashamed to say I have no idea how many times I've seen it. That gives an, uh, an indication of just how much I respect, love, and enjoy this particular movie. You can watch it five times, ten times, and still have the same positive reaction and then even get something more out of the movie. So today I thought in honor of what is the Dark Knight's 15th anniversary, coming to you a few days earlier this week instead of the usual Friday slot, but uh, I'll be switching things up a little bit, so let me fill you in, we'll, we'll drop on Friday. But I thought today have to mark the occasion with the Dark Knight's anniversary, and really going to take today's episode and share some reactions that I that I was able to uh, put together from uh, you, the listeners, sort of put out a, uh, a Twitter question a couple weeks ago and uh, got a lot of great responses from, from people over their thoughts on The Dark Knight, favorite moments, and a lot of similarities uh, just in terms of people's favorite moments and, and scenes in the films. And then, of course, just going to share uh, my, my thoughts on this film because, interestingly enough, this movie – was the first ever episode that I did for this uh, this little podcast, and so it it feels even more appropriate to to go back to the movie as to paraphrase the Joker that changed things forever. And so sit back, enjoy, maybe get a a beverage or uh, some popcorn if you'd like. And uh, I am going to mark today's anniversary, 15 years. It is hard to believe 15 years. It, where, where where did the time go? Uh, but nevertheless, let's take a little uh, trip down memory lane to the summer of 2008 when, in my humble opinion, movies for me changed in the best possible way. And now, still 15 years later, this film not only stands as a, a seminal Batman movie, but my favorite film of all time. <laughs> Not that I need to uh, show my my credentials at this point, but I saw The Dark Knight over the course of 2008 ten times, multiple times in in IMAX. That was one of my first real experiences that that stand out for me in in seeing a film in IMAX, which is arguably one of the greatest ways to, to experience a film because... In some ways, you know, there's we get involved in a story and, and we, we, we follow a character on, on a particular journey. But a lot of times something that gets put aside and it and it shouldn't, and that's one of the reasons I, I so admire the work of Christopher Nolan, is not only is there story, not only is there characters, but he never forgets it. Going to the movies is a visual 
experience. You're going there to watch the story unfold. And seeing The Dark Knight in IMAX, it, it was incredible. The, the immersive experience is still one of the greatest moments I've ever had at the movies. Just feeling like you are right there on the streets of Gotham City, particularly that famous scene which many people uh, feel is their favorite, one of their favorite moments in the film, and it's and it's up there for me. And of course, that is the the truck scene, the whole chase with the Joker and Batman, and then of course the the great flipping of the truck, which was all done for real. I mean, that's again a testament to Christopher Nolan and and his desire to make it as real as possible, instead of relying on computer and and digital animation, but. Seeing that particular sh- scene, just that shot of the truck flipping through the air down the, uh, you know, in the street, it, 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 I mean, first off, your heart rises into your throat, and, and you're you're aghast. You, you you almost like, what the hell did I just watch? It, it's that amazing and and transfixing that. You know, you're you're sucked right into it. You almost feel as if you're right there on the streets of Gotham with Batman, watching the Joker crawl out of the truck and cause more mayhem. I mean, it's a an amazing visual experience. And it again, whether you've seen it in IMAX or you've watched it at home or or on the on the big screen in general, it's one of those moments that still holds that that magic. Uh, you know, to uh, you know, put, put, pull off some French, you know, je ne sais quoi. You know, it's just indescribable. And, and I can remember opening night, because, of course, I had to see the film opening night. I mean, I think I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, that leading up to this film, probably about a, a year out, I had a little countdown, uh, homemade calendar that I made that was essentially a, a bunch of Post-it notes. But I, you know, painstakingly took the time to write out the date and and the and the number of of of, of days until the film opened and I, I mean to say that this movie piqued my interest would would be underselling it i mean i'm of course a, a huge batman fan but then of course you're going to bring in the joker my favorite movie frankly favorite villain of uh, of all uh, in all of fiction back to the big screen and and i mean the imagination just went wild but um back to that that scene and i apologize if i'm jumping around today this is going to be sort of a free flowing show where i'm just going to just talk at length and with nothing but admiration for this particular film because uh, spoiler alert and full disclosure i think it is a flawless masterpiece there is not a thing wrong with this movie in my humble opinion and and again if it's not your cup of tea i respect that but nothing could can dissuade me from from loving this film and believing with all of my heart that it is the, one of the greatest films ever made as far as i'm concerned it is the greatest film ever made but back to to that particular scene opening night i love going to a movie like this with an audience because you're you sort of feed off of the the reaction and response and especially if the audience is really alive uh, to, to put it one way and this particular crowd on this this hot summer night in july of 2008 was electric i mean people had such an energy just waiting in line to be seated people 
could not wait for this film to to start. I mean, as the trailers for other films were playing, people were applauding. Like I mean, there was just such a a, a frenzy and and a you know everybody just sitting on the edge of their seat, hold, you know, waiting for the for the Warner Brothers logo to to drop. And and I remember the moment it started, people were sucked in. It was you know just like that, yeah, cheers and oh, it was it was absolutely fantastic. But that that moment with the truck. I have yet to have an experience with a movie, seeing it with an audience on this level ever since. I mean, there have been you know, moments where people cheer and break out in applause, but this was almost like a religious experience, I mean, to, to put it that way. When that whole sequence completed, I mean, it's a rousing spectacle from, from really the, the onset with Batman you know, chasing the Joker on his on his bat pod and, and sort of the, the transformation that the Batmobile goes through into becoming the motorcycle. I mean, that was a, a spectacle. And, of course, Heath Ledger with his just incredible career-defining uh, legacy-ensuring performance. Just the moment where the truck flips... I mean, because everyone is, is excited. You can just feel the energy. People are, are, are you know, raising their fists in the air. People are, are clapping and cheering. And then the minute that truck flipped, it was so quiet. You could have been on the other side of town and you would have heard a pin drop. People were stunned. I was stunned watching this scene unfold. And then you know, the truck flips up somersaults through the air and then smacks down on the pavement and then it cuts back to a shot of batman doing like a 360 on on the bat pod and it's almost like the way the shot was said it was built for a perfect applause moment because at that moment i mean you would have thought people had discovered god i mean it, it, it was amazing the cheers the the applause i mean i swear to you there was somebody in tears that was how powerful that moment was and i have yet to ever experience a, a situation like that with a movie i don't think i ever will again because this was a lightning in a bottle film and and just the 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 aura around it but Damn, that whole sequence, it, it still stands out in my memory 15 years later because there was just such an energy with the audience le- you know, going into it. But then when that scene happened, I mean, you know, we could have all, you know, gone off and, and, and bought, you know, a plot of land or something like it was just everybody was a lot was 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 high on life in a lot of ways i mean the, the movie was and i mean it still is for me it, it's an immersive experience that it, again you're 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 invested in the story you're engaged by the spectacle and you're ultimately satisfied by the film's conclusion i i, I may have said this before on on the show uh but if not i've always felt that this movie even though it is the second part of a trilogy and it certainly does a job does the job of being the second act uh it follows great precedent you know think of the godfather part two or the empire strikes back even of taking the story in a different direction and and kind of leaving things maybe not on a cliffhanger but more ambiguous uh, and, and all of that is true, and certainly, if you see the Dark Knight Rises and you watch the whole, the three the three films together, it, it's a wonderful story about Bruce Wayne's journey 
from from vigilante into ultimately a, a symbol of, of 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 Gotham City. But I have always felt, to get back to my point, the Dark Knight, despite being a sequel, despite being the second part of a trilogy, it really can stand alone as a as a solo film. Meaning you don't have to have seen Batman Begins or even have to watch The Dark Knight Rises. Now, of course, I would encourage you to, because, again, this is, this is cinematic uh, achievements here. I mean, th- these, are, these are the gold standard, as far as I'm concerned, for superhero films. But nevertheless, The Dark Knight is such a well-made film, and it's a complete film. Even though the ending does have some sort of you know, am- ambiguity to it, in a way, it, it, it feels complete. And it acts as a self-contained story. And I think that has lent itself to both the rewatchability of it and people sort of holding it up as the the standard, if you will, for what a Batman movie can and should be. I mean, there, there's no reason, there's, there's no surprise why when the Batman came out last year, comparisons even before it were drawn to the Dark Knight. I mean, that shows the level that this film has has reached and how it has, frankly, permeated much of the the comic book industry since 2008. I mean, if you look at comic book movies prior to The Dark Knight, I'm not saying they weren't serious. I mean, there certainly have been some examples of that. I mean, Spider-Man 2, I, I think, is a perfect example of a of a well-made superhero comic book movie that deals with serious themes while also telling an exciting and engaging story. The Dark Knight, though, is on a whole other level because you can watch The Dark Knight as a comic book superhero movie, which it is, and, and it's it's exciting, it's thrilling, it has all of the of the nods, it has all the trappings associated with these particular films, it has all the makings of a Batman movie. But you can also watch this movie for what it is too, a great thrilling crime epic. This is a moving story that you could put in the same uh, comparisons to the film like Heat or, or, as I mentioned before, films like The Godfather. There is a a seriousness to this movie, and, and you know some people might say, "Oh, it takes it to itself too seriously." I, I don't think so. There's there's enough levity in this film, whether it's stuff with the Joker. I mean, the famous pencil scene, which is again another standout moment for for the character and, and from this film, but. It's sort of a it's a it's a perfect package where you can view this film on on multiple levels. You can view it as a comic book superhero movie. You can view it as a, a in many ways almost like a Greek tragedy with the case of Harvey Dent. And I will get to him and Aaron Eckhart's performance in, in a moment. But it's a movie that works on many different levels, and and it frankly appeals across generations and and across people's cinematic palettes i mean you there were people who will come out to me who will never watch a comic book movie who who the farthest they might have gone was the original superman movie with with uh, christopher reeve in 1978 won't watch superhero movies think they're all the same run-of-the-mill pre-packaged garbage but people will say to me the dark knight is different the Dark Knight stands alone. The Dark Knight is what these movies 
could be. And, and I would argue that there have been far and few between, despite the legacy of this film, of how it reshaped the comic book industry and how, how movies started taking the material more seriously and kind of everybody set out after The Dark Knight to make their own Dark Knight. I mean, take even James Bond's uh, Skyfall. That is heavily influenced by The Dark Knight. The, the Marvel... Uh, cinematic universe film the um, uh, the Winter Soldier has also said they drew inspiration from the Dark Knight. Even goes so far as the Batman. Yeah, you know, all of that sort of harkens back to the Dark Knight. But I would also say I'm not sure that any film since the Dark Knight has reached the towering achievements of this particular film. I mean, this is a movie that not only reshaped how the public views a comic book movie and, and what these films can aspire to be, what the performances could be in the case of Heath Ledger, but you look at the impact on, just say, awards season. After this film, because there was such a backlash and outcry within the industry, the nomination slots for Best Picture of the Year were, uh, was increased from like I think it was like five or six to ten, and that was because of the impact and and demand for the Dark Knight. Now the Dark Knight was not nominated for Best Picture that year. I think that was a, a travesty. But then again, a lot of films that are not nominated for Best Picture tend to you know last longer in the public memory and and are regarded as some of the greatest films of all time. I, I don't always say. The best picture is a marker of of what was the best picture of of the year, if that makes any sense. Again, some exceptions, of course, but The Dark Knight is a classic example where people felt, and rightly so, that the film deserved at least a nomination because of what it achieved both in terms of a story and performance base and elevating the genre into something more than just a summer popcorn flick, but something that actually was... Was was rooted in in heavy themes and and socio political uh, political commentary of of the day. I mean that's the sort of the, the the genius of the Dark Knight. You can watch the film in that era, and there's definitely political undertones from what was going on with the war on terror, the Bush administration, all of that. There, there's definitely some some thread lines, whether intentional or not. But you can also now watch it 15 years later, and even though that error in which the film was, was released has, has passed, the themes and ideas discussed in that film have, have carried on, and they're almost everlasting because it really gets to the heart of human nature. I mean, take the conflict, which is the, the main structure of this film, Batman versus the Joker. I mean, this is not a, a comic booky plot where oh the joker's you know going to you know gas a bunch of people and and call it a day it's a much more philosophical and and moral debate that's going on in this film rather than just a bunch of people punching each other and again not that there isn't but the real heart of this film is how far is too far what what makes a hero what lengths are you willing to go to in order to preserve society, to protect society. And and the Joker is right at the center of that. He believes everybody has a breaking point. And, and you see him throughout the movie trying to push 
Batman to to break his rule, which is to to kill, to go over the line, to to become exactly what he is. And on the contrast, he he does succeed in pushing Harvey Dent over the line and turning him into something that that he was fighting against, something that he wanted to destroy. And by the end of this film, everything has been called into questions. I mean, the the, the Batman lore, the the mythos, have been rocked. And, and put on on a whole new foundation, and that is courtesy of the Joker and and his whims, and it's what ultimately makes the film a, a rather you know tragic one by the ending. Because not only do you have the corruption and fall of Harvey Dent into Two Face, but Batman and Gordon creating this noble lie to spare the people of Gotham what actually happened with Harvey Dent and sort of denying that jo- denying the Joker a, a a victory. Batman is elevated by this film. He has become whatever he has to be. He says it himself at the end of the movie. He will he'll be whatever people need him to be. If they need him to be the hero, he'll be the hero. If they need him to be the villain, he'll be the villain. He's willing to do that. He's willing to sacrifice all in order to protect this this city and that's that's really another part that I think sometimes people forget or, or overlook. Batman has just an important of an arc in this film. I mean, sort of one of the uh, remarks you'll hear from people over the years, oh, well, it's really just a Joker film. Batman's not, not much of a factor. And I disagree with that. I mean, the Joker is the center of the film. Everything revol- revolves around him and, and his, his madness. But Batman is just as integral to the story. It's a lot more nuanced and it's a lot more layered, but the character of, of Bruce Wayne in this film is clearly questioning whether or not he can continue this journey he's been on as this uh, this crusader and maybe it's it's time to to pack it in. And you see through the 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 rise of Harvey Dent, someone that he can put his hopes into that maybe he can hang up the cape and cowl let someone uh, with a face, let someone in the public eye clean up Gotham and, and he can go live a, a quiet and, and happily ever after life. And of course, through the course of the film, all of that is called in, into question and, and that logic and that hope falls apart because the rise of the Joker presents a, a direct contra- uh, contrast to that thought because now Bruce realizes that there are going to be people like the Joker. There's always going to be a threat. There's always going to be an element. And especially given with what happens to Harvey Dent in the film, he realizes that he can only tr- he can only trust himself. He has to be the one. He has to be the, the person who steps up and and sort of protects the the city. He has to be that that figure. And even though it will cost him happiness, it will cost him cost him love it will cost him cost him joy he's willing to do it that's the sacrifice he made this choice to put on a mask to go down this road and and become uh, become batman and there's a line in the film and i mentioned it or i put it at the beginning of this episode where um rachel dawes uh bruce's childhood friend in the film says to him or, or says in a letter that he doesn't end up reading but you know, basically how we, we can't be together because 
you will never stop being Batman. Batman has become who you are. That's essentially, I'm more paraphrasing it. Uh, the line is like, you know, the day won't come when you no longer need Batman. And, and that's very true. By the end of this film, I think Bruce has accepted that this is his life. This is the mantle he will carry. He is Batman. Bruce Wayne is, is irrelevant. He is going to carry on this mission that, that he started in the previous film and, and made his life's his life's chore, his life's objective, and, and sort of everything else be damned. And so I, I kind of look at it in a lot of ways. As much as this film is about the Joker and his craziness and, and his dis- desire to destroy Gotham both both morally and, and, and in a lot of ways physically, coupled with the downfall of Harvey Dent, it really is also the rise of Batman and kind of his his legacy, if you will, as as Gotham's defender. I mean, a, a dark knight, as Gordon describes it in his monologue. You know, the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs. And, and that's that's poetic. That's perfect. And that's, in a lot of ways, for me, how Batman should always be. He he's this guy you see off in the distance. He doesn't have to be hanging out at a birthday party. He doesn't have to be your best friend. He's there. He has your back, and he'll always you know, be on guard. That, that to me, I think, you know, as a, as a fan, is a perfect uh, distillation of the character. That this is somebody who will who will always be in the shadows. You may not necessarily like him, may not always agree with him, but you want him there. You want him in, want Batman in your corner, and, and I think that's a perfect way to, uh, to to sort of tie off his 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 story. I mean, it's a to me, I think it's just as important of an arc as as both dense uh, and sort of the whole narrative with the Joker. I mean, the Joker really doesn't have an have an arc, nor should he, because I think Nolan, Christopher Nolan, best described him as like the shark from Jaws. He comes in and just causes chaos and and revels in it. The real backbone of the movie is really Harvey Dent and, and Bruce Wayne, because you see both of their worlds collapse in a lot of ways. Harvey's more so than Bruce's. Bruce kind of has false hope put in Harvey that ultimately is dashed and, and, and betrayed. And, you know, where Harvey falls and, and 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 sinks, Batman rises. Batman becomes better. And even if he's going to even if it's going to be based on a lie, he's willing to do that. He's not willing to allow the Joker, the satisfaction of being like, yeah, hey, I, I, I corrupted Harvey Dent. Isn't this great? You know, Batman is. It's it, again, it sort of gets back to their their dynamic as a as as characters, where they're always going to be locked in this philosophical battle of wits because the Joker represents evil, and of course, evil can never be can never be stopped. It will always be with us. And, and just as it will always be crime, you know, the Joker embodies that. And if you're going to have that element, you need Batman to meet him. And it's, again, it's a, it's a never-ending war. It's more about just winning the battle, winning winning the day. And, again, I, th- I think that's why the film works so well. Because even though, you know, you're looking at it literally, Batman is is framed by the end of the film, or he's taking the fall for Harvey Dent's crimes and willing to you know sort of you know go on the run from the law and be viewed as as the villain. But yet it feels complete because we know who Batman is. We've seen him 
throughout the film, and, and he's willing to do it. He's the one that initiates it. He's willing to make the sacrifice rather than let Harvey's uh, bad deeds come out. He's willing to take it all on him and let Gotham have the hope of of living to fight another day. I mean that that's 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 hero that, that that's heroic. That is that is the nature of heroism in its in many ways it's it's finest form because you're you're willing to make that sacrifice. And a hero, I mean the film talks about it, but a hero is something more. It's more than just good headlines. It's more than good press. It's more than getting your name on a on a building or getting the key to a city. A hero is is someone who's willing to to go the limit, who's willing to to go to great lengths in order to help those who, in many ways, may never know they help them, but 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 will continue to fight the fight on behalf of everyone else. That, to me, is the beauty of 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 Batman. That's the beauty of his story in this film. That he is becoming more than just someone who you know beats up a few crooks and and. You know, oh, we put away the mob today. No, there's something more. It's much more of a of a philosophical and and kind of moral fight than just okay, beating a few guys up and dropping them off at police headquarters at the end of the day. Okay, I, I apologize. I have I have definitely gone on perhaps longer than I than I had hoped. Uh, just you, know, you get me talking about this film, and I, I will go down any kind of rabbit hole imaginable this is you know don't don't corner me at a at a a cocktail party and get us starting about the dark night because we won't ever we won't ever leave the corner um but what else let let me let me sort of wind uh wind things back a little bit because there's a there's a few more points that i wanted to make on this on this special episode so reactions i asked uh, a question on twitter and I, i got some fantastic responses uh, from a number of people, and uh, you know, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't uh, sort of list all of them, but just sort of do a general summary of things and sort of put what is your favorite moment from this film, favorite scene, and I, people were not being facetious when they said this. Multiple said the moment it starts to the moment it ends, and that is so true because I know I have said it. It's clear by today. This is a special film. This is an an amazing film that you can watch it. I don't care if you've seen it five, ten, a hundred times. There's always something to be found in this movie. I mean, I'm still amazed by Heath Ledger's performance even now because there's just such a a uniqueness to it. You you feel like you're watching a person versus watching a watching a character. But uh, that that's. Yeah, the whole damn movie has been uh, people's uh, sort of unanimous, uh, unanimous response. Um, another uh, moment that that got a lot of traction, of course, is the ending with with Gordon's monologue and and Batman making the sacrifice to to take the fall for Harvey Dent and and let the public believe him as the public defender, uh, and just that wonderful line at the end you know, where, where Gordon's like, you know, a hero we deserve, not the hero we needed. That's a great one. A lot of people love the truck scene, which I mentioned earlier, and that's, again, just, it just it's amazing. It's, it's an incredible, uh, incredible use of both real filmmaking, practical effects, and just great storytelling and, and suspense. Let's see. Another point was uh, the first, the real introduction of the Joker. I mean, I know he's 
seen at the start of the film in the prologue, but the first time we really get to see the Joker in action is when he interacts with the mob at the beginning of the film. And, of course, we have that great scene with the pencil. And, I mean, you just write that in there. You, you could just see Ledger committed 100% to this film. And, it, and it's an amazing thing to to watch him with the ticks and the, and the rolling of his eyes and the flicking of the tongue. I mean, you... you I've said it before, but I don't feel like you're watching a performance. You're watching a, a living, breathing character in that particular world. Uh, let's see. What else did people say? Um, of course, the interrogation scene. And, and that really, I, I, I sort of just alluded to it, but that is one of the greatest scenes in any comic book movie as far as I'm concerned. And it's probably my favorite interaction between Batman and the Joker ever on screen because it really is it's an understatement to say it, it talks about their their philosophies it's really getting at the the core of their their argument with with each other if you will uh, and again that's a scene where it really elevates the genre from just popcorn film into a a real philosophical and moral discussion and the film is is chock full of, of action and, and, and thrilling scenes, but it really shows just how important a, a talking scene can be and how effective it can be. I mean, I think of that scene in, in Heat with De Niro and, and um, uh, Al Pacino where they're sitting at the, the table in the diner. And again, it's just two characters talking. And sometimes a scene like that can be as exciting, if not more so, than you know, a bunch of uh, explosions or, or, or a chase sequence. I mean, something that is done really well, and you've got terrific performances. Uh, you know, in this case, Bale and, and Ledger had fantastic chemistry with, with their characters. I mean, to me, that is the, the definitive on-screen portrayals of, of Batman and the Joker's relationship. It, it's it, it's dynamite just watching how they play off of each other, how they respond, and you really get the sense that you know, these are two people that, you know, in a lot of ways hate each other, but yet there's this strange kinship between each other because they both represent both sides of the extreme, you know, Batman, of course, representing uh, the good, and the Joker representing the the bad, to put it uh, to put it bluntly. But oh, damn that that whole scene, I, that's a scene where, like, you know, if you know, like I'm scrolling on YouTube or something, and it pops up, like I'll just watch it. I mean, it's like four or five minute scene, but it, it's so gripping. I mean, it's like a movie within a movie. I mean, it's it's such a brilliantly constructed moment where where you really see how the joker manipulates the, the 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 moment and kind of flips the table if you will uh on batman and the police and it kind of shows who's in charge despite the fact that the joker's the one who's supposed to be incarcerated it's a it's a fantastic scene and again just topped by amazing performances and and interestingly enough during that scene, this little factoid for all you uh, you movie buffs, when Batman is punching the Joker in the scene, Bale was actually hitting Ledger. That was something Ledger wanted him to do in order to get the real reaction to it. And I love reading and, and watching those little uh, clips and, and behind the scenes info because it just just sort of adds to 
my continued appreciation and admiration for this film that just everybody brought their their a game if you will and that was actually the first scene that ledger and bale worked together on for the film and it's yeah, it, it's again, it's it's a it's a masterclass in in dialogue and in scripting and and kind of just putting in enough and, and leaving a little bit to the imagination. Uh, I, I again, I, I would say it is my favorite part in the whole film, and, and that is a hard thing to 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 narrow down because I love everything about this film. I mean, I again fall into that camp of. It's great from the first uh, moment to the very end of the uh, end of the last credit. I mean, it's it's a flawless, flawless film. But let's see what else did people say. Oh, the music, yeah, the the music in this film, I I, I really enjoy as well. Hans Zimmer crafted a, a, an impeccable score, and and uh, it was noted that the Joker's theme was a standout, and, and it is. It's very it's very simple. It's not overdone, but Whenever you hear it, it's almost, I don't want to necessarily draw comparisons to the theme in Jaws, but but there's sort of that same reaction of like, okay, you know he's here, you know shit's about to go down. And and music, I believe, should always have an important role to a film. It's not just there for, for background's sake. It's meant to guide the film. It's meant to guide the story and ultimately dictate emotions at, at various point and also can be a character in and of itself and whenever you hear the the joker's theme and again i would encourage you if you are interested go check it out i'm sure you can find it on youtube or something like that but it's it's a hauntingly beautiful uh, score and, it, and it's a theme that the moment you hear it you're like okay where's the joker like it just it, it gives you that kind of a a, a visceral reaction but what else did folks say? Oh, th- this actually was another moment that uh, I-, I like when people get really specific with it. There's a scene where the Joker crashes a party at Bruce Wayne's penthouse, and Bruce obviously goes to act, you know, goes into action to to be- become Batman. And the Joker has had his goons fan out all over the apartment, and one of the clowns is is in the hallway and holds a gun up like, you know, hands up, pretty boy. And, and Bruce just, you know, goes into full full boss mode and, and just punches the guy and then disassembles the gun and walks away. I mean, that's a moment, and, and I share the sentiment, that, that's a pure Batman moment because it's it's very quick. It's, it's one of those scenes where, like, you know, you could take it out and it doesn't necessarily impact the movie one way or another. But it's just a nice little moment to kind of show that, you know, Bruce is Batman. Batman is Bruce, and it's just again sort of a, a moment of of, of interesting levity because it's like again amid all of the the chaos and the um, you know the mayhem, you know you just got you know Bruce like you know locking on and 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 getting right down to business. And I and I share I share that sentiment, but I mean I, I won't I won't go any uh won't go uh, any further because uh, I mean there was a lot of a lot of great reactions, and I appreciate everyone that took the time to to. To chime in with their thoughts, but I, I really think it is perfectly said that there is no way to encapsulate this film. This is two hours and thirty-two minutes. There's no way to put into words just how magnificent this film is, other than to say you need to go watch it. And, and this is a movie that, whether you like the genre or not, it is worth I think checking out because it, it not only elevated the genre from from summer popcorn flicks, but it 
it, it is just a well-made and, and beautifully told story. It, it, it delivers something that is, that is exciting, thrilling, but also psychological. And, and you know, for me, again, it, a movie's got to have, uh, you know, not saying they all have to be these, you know, heavy, heavy hitters, but this movie is more than just another Batman movie. This is something special. It's something deeper. It really gets to the heart of of being a hero and 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 sort of the the the, the risk and reward factor. But uh, I will just uh, give a few more uh, brief thoughts because I, I did want to touch on Aaron Eckhart's performance as, as Harvey Dent because I've actually seen a lot of posts and, and comments about this in in recent weeks leading up to the film's anniversary and. Aaron Eckhart does not get enough credit for his role as Harvey Dent and, and Two-Face, and, and certainly because of Heath Ledger's performance and it's it's larger than life, uh, everything else, you know, it's sort of, it's like putting the, uh, a candle next to the sun. It just doesn't, nothing shines as brightly. But uh, Aaron Eckhart, as far as I'm concerned, I think gave the definitive portrayal of Two-Face and Harvey Dent. It really is an emotional and riveting and layered performance that I, I, I'm so glad that people are taking the time to, to, to call out and appreciate because, I mean, if I was to construct a, a Mount Rushmore of, of Batman movie villains and, and perhaps even uh, comic book uh, movie villains, I, I think I would put Aaron Eckhart up on up on that mountain because – this is a a real turn. It's a real twist to watch him go from the dashing Harvey Dent all around good guy into a revenge crazed madman. I mean, it, it, it's you watch it, and it's a, one of those performances where there's layers. It's not like Harvey is presented as a as a straightforward all-around good guy there's moments in the film where you see the flashes of anger the flashes of what will become two-face and 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 Eckhart really does a great job at finding that particular balance and you know even though it's it's certainly a condensed story for two-face and, and I get it if you know when people say oh you know we wish we could have had more of him and obviously yes you know it would have been great to have seen the character carry on into another film, but but for the sake of the story, it really does work, and it and it doesn't feel, in my opinion, to be a condensed version because it really is, you know, it, it, it's it's one, it's Christopher Nolan's interpretation of Two Face, but yet it, it it works so well in this film, and for an emotional arc in the movie, th there's really nothing stronger than to watch what happens to to Harvey Dent to go from this optimistic good guy into a into a madman in, into someone that is willing to cross the line and throw away everything he stood for and embraced and i mean just the cgi also i mean 15 years ago i mean this is some of the best cgi on film i mean it's a lot of ways it's almost a sad indictment on on the industry the way cgi tends to look today where you almost can tell it's fake and I remember the first time I saw this film, I thought it was prosthetics. I, I thought this was makeup, prosthetics, maybe a little bit of, of CGI, but it, but it is a complete CGI uh, rendering. But it, it holds up. It looks, 
it looks real. It looks like that is half of his face <laughs> melted off. And again, I, you know, props to Nolan and company because you know compared to you, know, you would think fifteen years later we'd be we'd be you know even further along. But it, it really shows you just how special and and unique this film is. But you know, in addition to that, it's it's a wonderful and 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 frightening portrayal of another one of Batman's great villains. And and again, it's it's often over it's overshadowed you know because of Ledger's performance, but it, it doesn't diminish how great Eckhart is in this particular movie. It really is a standout, and I'm I'm just glad to see that uh, more people are are celebrating it because it I, I was I was amazed by it back in 2008, and so it's nice to kind of see uh, you know, he's getting the, the 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 recognition that that has always been there uh, and and deservedly so uh, as far as I'm concerned. But I mean that of course you know leaves us to to the the ledger of it all, and I mean. Heath Ledger taken from us way too soon. Uh, this is someone who I have no doubt would be regarded as, as one of the great actors today. I mean, he, he already had had an amazing career for such a young age and for such a short time in, in, in the film industry. But to to sort of have this film be your legacy, I mean, you you, you, you can't ask for a better film as far as I'm concerned because – he clearly put his heart and soul into it, and I I saw a documentary on his life a few years back, and it, and just hearing from his family and friends and people who knew him of just how much respect and love he had for this movie, uh, it, it's clear. It, it's clear from the get go. He was the one that initiated a a call with Christopher Nolan and, and expressed interest in playing the Joker, uh, and so, again, he, he crafted something that will live on. I mean, the I will say it, whenever I read a Batman comic book with the Joker, whose voice do I hear? It's Heath Ledger. I mean, that's that's impact. That is that is defining a character, and, I mean, I, I again, I will say it, you know, for me and me alone, but there will never be another another actor who will top that performance. That That, to me, is... The definitive portrayal of the Joker. It is a mesmerizing performance. I I I could gush about it ad nauseum. It, it, it's it's amazing, and, and again, I it's it's just a shame that he that he was taken so long uh, so young and, and and too soon because this film and, and the films that he was in prior just show the range and the depth that he had as an actor and just a. Just a sad, a sad loss, but uh, a, a a legacy that will that will live on. And again, he he changed the way people view a comic book movie. He changed the way people view a comic book villain. And again, you sort of look at where things went post Dark Knight. Everybody wanted to to raise the the, the stakes, so to speak, raise the game in terms of an actor and, and in terms of. A, a villain performance, and I fully believe that without um, uh, without this film, you don't get Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in 2009. That this movie reinvented the Joker, and as far as I'm concerned, made him a, a mainstay in in pop culture. I mean, this is one instance where I think the villain is more popular than the hero, and that is a a credit and a testament to. Ledger's legendary performance. So you know, may he may he continue to rest in power because this is 
this is a film that uh, should be celebrated and, and admired for for generations to come. And I think I'll stop there because I could go on <laughs> for for much longer talking about the film. I mean, this is someone who is I've written essays about this in college. I mean, I my love for this film knows knows no limit. And if I if I don't stop now. Uh, you, you'll be uh, be forced to listen to this for God knows how long, and I have to be fair to you, the listener. But I, I will just close by saying this is a movie that that just expanded my imagination. It, it made me have an even deeper appreciation and love for filmmaking and for cinema. Christopher Nolan is is one of my favorite directors. I, I think he has a, a, an amazing grasp on on stories and 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 how to create immersive experiences at, at the, at the theater. And, and this film is in my view, this is his magnus opus. This is his, his towering achievement. Everything came together with this film story performances, uh, uh, practical effects. It's a home run. And again, as a fan of the genre, it was wonderful and it's wonderful to still see it being talked about and celebrated as a standout uh, and a movie that that changed the conversation. I mean, again, films, you know, comic book movies are now part of the mainstream. They are part of our of our of our lexicon, part of the discussion. And I, I really think you have to credit it to The Dark Knight because, I mean, again, to quote the Joker, it changed things forever. And that, to me, is an incredible legacy worth celebrating. And so here is to 15 years for the greatest Batman movie and my favorite film of all time. Here's to 15 more and beyond this film. This film has not aged a day. And that to me is the mark of a great film. One that you can watch over the years and to see it still hold up and just still have that same resonating feeling of, of just excitement and appreciation and, and wonder as the first time you saw it, and then still even get something more out of the out of the film. That that is an achievement. That is a legacy. And to use a an over an overused an overused word, but certainly worthy in this particular context, cinema. The Dark Knight is cinema. Full stop. And that's all that I have for you today. This show is always for the love of movies, and today that is especially true. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. All copyrighted material used or referenced in this show belong to the rightful owners and is made possible by the Fair Use Act.